I'm on page 8 of the program, and I'm going to read from the book of the Bible called 1 Corinthians in chapter 15. Say something about it. We're going to pray, we're going to sing, and then we're going to eat that breakfast that you're all smelling right now. Focus, though, all right? First things first. 1 Corinthians 15. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. This is the word of God. So you head home today, you might uh, grab some Easter dinner with the family, you, uh, the afternoon comes uh, after your nap, man, it's time, it's time to watch some TV, catch some Netflix, you lounge in your favorite living room furniture, you grab the remote control, you press the on button, and nothing happens. So you find remote control number two, press the on button, nothing else happens, you find remote control numbers three, four, and five. Press the power. Nothing happens. Now it's frustrated. Now you're now you're checking wires. Are they are they loose? Are they plugged in? Did someone trip over them? You're finding customer support number to call your cable company, your dish company. You're getting frustrated. Your teenager is on the sofa, smirking, smiling, then laughing. Comes over to you pulls off the black tape from the sensors on all five remote controls and says, ha, 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 April Fools. Once you recover, you're like, oh, good. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I can, I can watch my show after all, right? It's not as bad as I thought. Through the entire drama of the Easter story in the Bible, that is the prevailing theme. It was true of the disciples. It's not as bad as they thought. And the reason we have celebrations like this and that we say Easter is good news, the reason I say Christ is risen and you say, is because it's not as bad as we thought. You know, I really like those disciples. That's why we... That's why we have these celebrations, and that's why we mention them in stories. We're like them. <clears throat> How? Because we're too easily fooled. That's how. You know, we look at the disciples and we read like they were, they were afraid. They were confused. They were walking to the tomb to see a dead man when Jesus had multiple times told his disciples that he would die and that he would rise on which day? third day and it was the third day and they were looking for a dead man why we look back at the disciples and say you bunch of fools you, you, I, if i had been there i would have been singing hallelujah and yet jesus tells me not to worry that he takes care of the birds and he loves me even more than the birds and i get anxiety 
about the future not happening the way that I want it to happen because I don't think he's doing it the right way. And Jesus tells me to pray patiently and persistently and to never give up. And I pray for a while and then I give up because it's just, he's not giving me what I want and, and all because I'm looking for what I want and not what I need. And Jesus tells me, Darren, I, manage your money the way that I want you to with my principles. And I tell you what, you, you, you sow generously and you will reap generously. I, I'll make sure of it. And I still can't trust him with that promise and I operate with more greed than generosity in my life. I'm just as much a fool about what Jesus says than his disciples were. I'm no different. None of us are. And man, that just robs us of joy. It rots our souls. It ruins our peace. Which is why we need Easter, which is why we need to say Easter is good news. So I want to show you three pieces of good news in 1 Corinthians that I just read. Okay, I want to show you three pieces of good news in there that give us hope and give us joy and give us peace and let us live with confidence. And, uh, and they're right there. So you can look at those words on page 8 in your program. And then there's a few notes in there that I have attached as well, some other Bible verses. And uh, let's work through this and see this. It's, it's not as bad as we ever think, ever. Okay? So it begins, verse 3. This is the Apostle Paul writing. He's, he's like a pastor. We call him an apostle. His name is Paul. He wrote this Bible book we call 1 Corinthians to the Christians in Corinth. So it's called Corinthians. Here's how he starts. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. So the Apostle Paul did not walk the earth while Jesus was walking the earth, but he came along later. And then the risen Jesus appeared to Paul miraculously and gave him instructions. That's what he means when he says, what I received, you received this directly from Jesus. And now he's saying, I'm passing it on to you. This, he says, of first importance, this is breaking news. This is like those alerts that if, if one of those alerts came right now, we'd probably hear about 180 cell phones going, <coughs> right? Uh, it's one of those breaking news things, and it's for everybody. And here it is. Jesus died for your sins in your place. One of the biggest words in the Bible, it's easy for you to remember because it's a small word. It's three letters. F-O-R, four. This is saying that Jesus is our substitute. This is what makes Christianity different than all other religions because our Savior substituted for us. Jesus is saying, I, I stood under sin's judgment for you. So don't be a fool. Don't let anything or anyone convince you otherwise, even your own conscience. Right? Do not let your sin define you. Sin cannot control you or curse you because Jesus stood under it. And everything bad that happens because of sin, Jesus experienced as our substitute in our place. There's nothing for any of us having to do with sin that's bad that we need to experience anymore. Even sickness and death and pain that's caused by sin that will ultimately be taken care of in heaven. Jesus has taken care of all. So, so if you're experiencing something bad in your life because of sin, it's not because Jesus has failed you. You just, 
you need to let him be your substitute and believe in him with hope. All right. This is interesting. Did you catch that final phrase when I read this? Maybe it popped out. The last words of what I read where Paul writes, Jesus appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. That, that word that Paul used in the original Greek that he used to write the New Testament, it was a word used during that day to mean unable to live on your own. It was a word used for babies who were born uh, with disabilities or with defects of some kind. We, we would use it today for special needs kids. When, when a baby is born as a special needs child, we would use that word and say, they're unable to function like other little babies or children, and so they have special needs. Now, I know special needs parents, and these are amazing people. And I've walked through birth and childhood with, with these parents, and I love them for it. But they are challenged, and one of their first challenges is accepting that to be true. Accepting it. Usually there's denial. No, that's, that can't be true. Not of my child. Not in our family. And then comes anger. Angry, anger that it's happening. And then comes acceptance. And when you can leave denial and anger and live in acceptance and say unable to live on own but jesus helps this is now this is why paul mentions it it's true of all of us spiritually don't deny it don't get angry about it but just say jesus i'm unable to live without you that's the phrase that paul is using there to get us to think that all right and here's why this is number two now the number two truth First one is Jesus is our substitute. Here's the second. Angel says, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Someone told me that the phrase, do not be afraid, appears 365 times in the Bible. Huh. Once for each day of the year. I haven't counted it. Someone, someone do that. Read your Bible, count them up, and tell me if that's true. Um, but I think that would be neat. Here's the point. We need to replace fear with faith. So point number two is Jesus rose from the dead as proof for your faith. Now, you might be raising an eyebrow at that. When I say proof for faith, you might be thinking faith doesn't need proof. Yes, it does. Jesus does not ask us to believe blindly. The Bible does not ask for blind faith. See, Faith that is blind isn't really very strong faith. Because it's blind, it has nothing to grab onto. It's like it, uh, believing in vain. It, there's nothing there. Jesus says, I want you to believe in me. Get it? So your faith is as strong as the object of your faith. If you're not believing, if you're just believing in something general, floaty, foggy out there, your faith is going to be floaty and foggy too. If you're believing in the Son of God who said he would die and rise and he died and he rose, then your faith is strong because the object of your faith is strong. Christians don't believe in blind faith. We believe that if, if God asks us to believe in something, then he better back it up, and he sure does. So I want to encourage you to do this. If there's an area of your life where you're experiencing doubt or confusion, 
an area of your, your life where you, where you just need more faith and it's not kicking, it's not working, you're, not, you're struggling, take a step back and ask yourself this question. Am I believing kind of in a foggy, am I, is there, am I believing in nothing? And how can I change that to believing in what Jesus says and does? I guarantee you things are going to change for you. All right, ask those questions. Finally, third point. Uh, this is all about how much Jesus loves us. I tell you what, it's the, the Easter story is great because when Jesus rose from the dead, he didn't get on the first rocket ship to heaven and say, that's it, I'm out of here. I guess he's Jesus. He doesn't need a rocket ship. He could just snap his fingers and go there. Um, but he, he stuck around. That's the point. He didn't leave, especially he didn't leave his disciples. Now, remember, his disciples had abandoned him. His disciples had fled when Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. The disciples ran the other way. They took off. And then after he died, they hid themselves in an upper room and locked the door because they were afraid they would be arrested and maybe killed too. These men were filled with fear. Peter had denied him. And Jesus says, I'm going to stick around and I'm going to go see my disciples. And now here's what's important. Not just the presence of Jesus, because when Jesus shows up, I mean, man, he can, he can hurl thunderbolts. It's what he says. You know the most popular statement of Jesus after he rose from the dead? The, the thing he said most often to his disciples as recorded in the Bible? You heard it. I read it today. Peace be with you. Jesus comes and he talks and he brings words that have to do with peace. So the third and final point is Jesus appears to change your life. And here's how he changes your life, with his words, with what he says, with what he promises. So your life changes eternally because Jesus promises, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. And so on Easter, we celebrate eternal life. There's people here today who have lost loved ones in the Lord and the faith and are here today in a spirit of a little bit of sadness, but in a lot of gladness. Uh, some of those people bought these Easter lilies. You see, you see on the back pages of the program, those people are named. They bought an Easter lily in memory of a loved one who is still living because they're in heaven, their soul's in heaven. As believers, that's our hope and confidence. We celebrate that with you today. If you have lost a loved one who is now in heaven, today is a day to celebrate Easter. That's how Jesus changes life. He also changes life right now for you and me as we face it with joy and confidence, believing in his promises. Jesus was different after he rose from the dead. You and I are different because Jesus is alive. That, my friends, is good news. And that's point number three. Christianity is different than all of the religions because it's news. It's an announcement. It's not a philosophy to adopt. It's not a pilgrimage you have to make. It's not a, a bunch of rules. It's not perfection you have to strive for and make it to a certain degree. Christianity is an announcement. He's not here. He's risen. That's an announcement. That's good news. The Bible calls that the gospel. So be ready with your pens. I'm going to give you a little note here. It's an acronym. I'm going to finish up, and I'm going to tell you what the gospel means. G-O-S-P-E-L, gospel. 
you write this on your program, take it home and share it with your neighbors and sound really smart like I am. Here it is. Gospel, God's own, if you think you know it, say it ahead of me. Son, promises, eternal life. Worship team, they cheated. God's own son promises eternal life. G-O-S-P-E-L, that's the gospel. It's good news. And Easter is good news. It's an announcement. Recap, three things. Good news, Jesus is our substitute. Good news, Jesus is substance for our faith. And good news that Jesus speaks. He appears to us, not in a body today. We don't see him walking on the field to us, but we hear his words echoing still today. Jesus speaks. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. All right. Now it's your time to participate again. This is one's going to be really easy. You don't have to stand. You don't have to sing. You don't have to hold things in the air. But we do ask you to take those blue